You're listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Is your emo confused and seemingly blind? Drag him into a new world on the cloud. Go to cloud.blender.org. Joining us today is Pablo Vasquez. Hello. Joey Ferverta. Good day, Internet. Julian Eisel. Hello. Andy Gorolczyk. Hello. And I'm Hjalti Amazon. Here's your host, Pablo! <laughs> hey, everybody. Yes, it's me this time, Francesco. It's moving at this time, so uh, it's kind of busy these days. But we got people... Uh, Visitors, guests. Yeah, but uh, we don't have Sergey. Yeah, sorry. And now no half of the listeners today. went, <laughs> close the window, okay, <laughs> no. and gone. Um, no, but we have actually visitors. We have uh, um, local, actually, already. Uh, Julian, hey. Hello. Hey, introduce yourself. So, what do I'm, you do? I'm Julian Severin Eisel, so Severin, which is my the name I use online. Um, I'm 21 years, I'm studying computer science, um, and I came over here for two weeks again to have some fun. It's fun, yeah, that's what you think. <laughs> that's what you do here, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what they tell you. But yeah. no. A coding vacation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. You already oh, almost jumped out of a window, by the way. This is <laughs> yeah. part of the process. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome to have you here. Uh, Julian is a uh, module owner of the UI team of the Blender Core kind developers. Of, yeah, yeah. So we're going to work. We're going to talk a little bit about that, too. But um, basically, you're going to be around us here two weeks to pitch an idea on uh, face groups, especially for like a easier way of, of animating and selecting uh, parts of a mesh. Yeah, the widget. Yeah, the widget uh, projects. And uh, yeah, should make a, like a mock-up of that idea and then uh, work on it for a couple of weeks. So pretty excited about that. Also, Joey, you're hanging out at the Blender Institute these days. What yep. are you doing? Now, once again, uh, just 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 dropping by. Uh, I'm Joey, by the way. Uh, hey, I, Joey. Hello. Hey, I'm a, a developer at Thor's Game Development Studio. Uh, we've been using Blender for years and occasionally drop by and ask Don about implementing some horrible features that never happened, but <laughs> maybe slip through some coders anyway. Uh, currently, I'm just playing a little bit with Blender Game Engine and uh, uh, things like uh, virtual reality integration with OpenHMD, which is an open source library. See if we can get some awesome open source goodness uh, for uh, for just regular VR stuff and stuff like that. So just coding that a bit and testing stuff. Yep. Nice. Cool. cool. Good to have mm-hmm. you around. And drink a lot of beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not during work. Not during work. No, no, no. Beer no, 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 o'clock. No, no. After no, no. beer o'clock. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, and we have the same people as always. Andy and Shelty. So what have you been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boring. Yeah. Get off the stage. What, what have you been up to this week, Yati? Um, So I've made a mock-up of a children's book based on Lamigos. So we wow. are, we're always, Ooh. we love doing some experiments and pitching different ideas uh, and potentially making new stuff for the cloud or for our uh, store. So the idea was that potentially uh, this little short film could make as a nice little children's storybook. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've been, I've, I made a kind of a really, it's such a yeah. rough pitch. It's awesome. But, it's amazing uh, <laughs> already. But it's cute. Then of course I would, I like, I had a little thing in the beginning 
where like a child would write his name like this belong like this book belongs to yeah. and of course i wrote my name with a mouse so it actually looks like a, a three-year-old yeah, yeah. your handwriting was incredible good, good job, amazing job. amazing just the, yeah. <laughs> the immersion now, yeah it would be great to have this project actually come through there's so many blender heads are having kids now already yeah yeah totally so yeah so, so you know let us know if, if this is something that sounds cool to you guys um but yeah i think i think uh this might be potentially yeah. something really cool yeah it could be it could be fun we're gonna of course we're gonna show it and see if there is interest in it because of course to make a first round of it you need to invest so yeah, exactly. if, if you were interested in a children book to read to your kids when before they go to bed yeah um a uh, one that doesn't involve a suicidal sheep. Uh, no, 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 no. Hopefully, it's about a, a cute lamb and a cute penguin. Once upon a time, there was yes. Frank. <laughs> um, what is he doing, Daddy? Yeah. Oh, it's just swinging. Uh, it's life, life. Uh, what else? What do you? Yeah, what you and do? Uh, uh, been because we we wanted to test a bit the the kind of VR pipeline for Blender. I've been doing some tests with animation to see what it might look like in VR. So yeah, I've been doing some tests from Lamigos. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting and, and been having a lot of discussions with Ton, with Joey, with everybody here regarding VR as a storytelling experience. Okay. It's so difficult to explain this because this is just such a different medium. You can't you kind of can't just put on these VR devices and then re, uh, render everything in exactly the same camera and think that people won't uh, vomit, basically. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's different. Like in, in 3D or stereo, stereo yeah. it's kind of easier because you have the cameras already. And okay, just make the other eye. and. Yeah, exactly. In uh, this... But this is totally different. It's so different. It's yeah. so different. And even even... I mean, you can't, you don't have like the choice of lens, the staging is different, everything feels different and you have more information to work with. So that's, yeah. uh, it gets a little bit tricky. But yeah, we're doing some experiments with that though, so that might be handy sometime. Nice, yeah, and handy, and <laughs> and speaking of handy, oh, handy, I've oh, handy, uh, handy. some renders of that. I've oh, we, never we heard that them. joke before. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, if you're hearing something in the background, uh, that is the zoo that is getting uh, expanded. They're actually drilling holes into the part of Amsterdam that we're sitting on. Yeah. So just don't worry us. about it. Don't if worry. We, but if if you hear drowning noises, um, <laughs> it's probably the elephants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's more living quarters for the programmers, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's exactly. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I've what also been uh, testing out the VR uh, pipeline. Uh, especially on the rendering side, um, I always wanted to try out a few shots from Caminandas as well, uh, especially the ones where they are riding through the cave, um, because that one lends itself to being a VR kind of thing, because it's uh, it, there is an entire environment built for it. There's You just have to put in the back walls, and then you have this enclosed space that you can render, and you can look around, and uh, that was very interesting. And uh, there's yeah. even an Easter egg there. Ah, ah. Yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's the the Easter egg is actually in a movie. So yeah, yeah. What shot number is it? I can't remember. Three, three, three no, two, two something. Eight, a, 
this Q information will be used useless to <laughs> no, that's, that's how can, people can identify the oh, shot on the yeah, cloud they can yeah, get it on the cloud directly oh, on the cloud oh yeah. yes oh, in wow. the cloud with you have access to engine, engine? Oh. Okay. Yes. Oh, yeah, you can actually search yes okay yes. that's yeah. But I did this week. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Uh, yeah, geez, man. Been saving that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, and, and then I've been working on an extra character for Blendrick, which uh, nice. was an idea uh, of some of the guys here because uh, we they wanted to have an appealing uh, character that is fun to animate with uh, with Blendrick. And uh, so I've um, uh, we asked Matthias Mendiola to come up with uh, some concepts for it. Storyboard artist of Caminandes. Yeah, and, and he Kulteri. and he did great concepts. And uh, there was one that we particularly that we liked a lot. And uh, yeah, I kind of took Victor because that one has the templates for Blendrick and everything already built in, so it's easier to rig it than starting completely from scratch. And uh, yeah, and I just completely modified him. That, uh, so that he looks slightly more cartoony and more likable and uh, yeah, yeah I, I posted some of this on Twitter but uh, hopefully in the next week uh, I can get it done and then Juan Pablo can rig it uh, yeah hopefully I can make like a video or something when, when rigging it like a time lapse maybe or something like that yeah exactly the and then when, once the character is rigged people will just have a nice character to, to animate to play around with and to render even so I'm planning to do the textures and cycles and shaders and everything. Nice. I have to make sure that it doesn't render completely so, but um, yeah. So it's probably going to be a bit more simplified uh, compared to the Cosmos laundromat shaders. Yeah. Yeah, because it also, I mean, if it's for animation tests, it should also be yeah, sort wanna, of fast to you render. You want it to render fast. Yeah, you don't want, you don't care about, uh, yeah, yeah, being so detailed. Exactly. And... Uh, then I've uh, I've started to prepare a tutorial that I always wanted to do, which is from Cosmos Laundromat as well, um, and that is how the rig of the island was made. Um, because at the Blender conference, I uh, a lot of people came to me and uh, asked how we were able to to make these massive environments with all this moving grass, and uh, you know because in some of the shots we see like we see. Through to the uh, like we see the entire island at once, we're looking down from the cliff, or um, we're looking at Frank who's dragging a branch through simulated grass across the island. So how do how do how we did that? That was always really hard to describe to people, and it's a yeah, it's actually not that hard. But um, that's the big thing that I'm preparing right now. Hopefully, it will be out next week. Wow, next week already. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> next week. So that is like Monday morning or <laughs> maybe next week, Friday. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. So Pablo, what about you? What did I do this week? Mm -hmm. um, well, I this week I um, had so many little things that I need to like, uh, I was a bit overwhelmed. Like, okay, there's <laughs> like, we need to finish the making of finished yeah. uh, the making of I'm Caminandes. I'm so looking forward to seeing that. And I need to put time on that. But yeah, editing takes time and I haven't started yet because I also had, like we wanted to have t-shirts of Caminandes. 
Uh, we also wanted the book, but uh, like the, you, Hialti uh, took over that uh, task. Thank you. Book publishing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Like it's so close to animation, really. It yeah, is. it's uh, right there. So, no, you need the layout. So it's sort of like layouting pages. It's also something with colors, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Here's a llama, right? Yeah. <laughs> Moving pixels? No, um, not even. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, we also had the t-shirts because there's a festival coming, the Holland Animation Festival coming. Yes. And we wanted to go there with uh, all our, you know, the swag. Yeah. So um, I, I made a quick mock-up that uh, I might give. I, I wanted to have a cartoon version, a drawn version, of um, of the Caminandes characters. So I made a little uh, draft uh, that I want to give to Matthias. I think he doesn't know. So if you're listening to, him, <laughs> I'm going Surprise. to ask you a little favor. <laughs> you're going to um, do this thing. Yes. You might get a free T-shirt. For oh it. yeah, or five. Yeah, <laughs> lots of T-shirts. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, it's just a, a little mock-up that I wanted to do. It's just not to have just the logo, but something else. Um, so I did that in the beginning of the week. Then I also worked on search for the cloud. Wow. Finally. Amazing feature. Yes. So helpful. Yes, really. Like uh, we focused with uh, um, with Francesco on it for the last few weeks, a few days, and trying how we how we would use it. So we already implemented something similar in the Blender network. So we had an idea, and uh, we we tried to bring that to the cloud. But of course, the network has two hundred members, and this has two thousand eight hundred items, tutorials, and um, yeah, it's a whole different approach. So uh, it's out. It's out there. So you can go. You can get it on the. Uh, you see it on the top bar in the navigation bar, or you can go to cloud.blender.org/search to have like a filtering and all the stuff. <clears throat> but so that, that searches everything: the videos, the assets, videos, the, all the, the textures, folders, the textures. You can even write yeah. like wood or a bunny. And then you, you get different stuff. Uh, bunny texture. Bunny texture, <laughs> yes. There, the next step, like right now, it, it, it searches by name and by project. So if you surf Caminandes or texture or like wood or stuff. But um, the next step is to actually do a um, search by tag. So we can actually type things that are not related. For example, you can type character and it will get the bunny, for example. Hmm. Those things are manual. We have to do add them manually, so it might take a bit longer. But uh, we have them planned. So yeah, that that and um, the other day at the studio was pretty quiet in the morning. So hey, why not recording a tutorial? I have a I have a list of tutorials that I want to do, and uh, the easiest and fastest one to get in the mood was custom properties. So I made that uh, little video, put it online online. And, and it got uh, a lot of comments, right? Yeah, thank you, guys. I'm glad you you like it so far. It's a if you haven't seen it, it's a short, or short eight minutes, uh, ten minutes video on how we added custom properties on the characters to uh, drive particular settings like subsurf or turn on or off the the fur and the character and many other things, many little uses that you can do when working with link characters. And that was my week so far. All right. I want to make a few more tutorials, but yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, that was the week so far. But another big news on this week was that Blender this year has been, unlike last year, <laughs> has been accepted. Declined by. No, no, no <laughs> accepted. Has been, uh, uh, yeah, we are 
proud to say that we have been accepted for a Google Summer of Code this year. Awesome. Oh, yes. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, clap, clap. Uh, yeah. For one million coders. Yeah. <laughs> they um, wait, they give us the coders? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> they pay us in coders. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so That'd be amazing. I don't know how many ideas there are, but there's there are many. Uh, Julian, do you know? On, uh, are you on any there, of this? There are quite a few ideas. It's uh, there are quite a few cycles, ideas, motion tracking, also some user interface stuff. Um, nothing for the game engine at the moment, but um, game engine is a bit difficult since. Yeah, it's a hard part to get in. Uh, yeah, I mean. I hear two people crying through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, me too. It's also it maybe a bit a short topic, maybe a bit yeah. ish. You know? But the issue is, if we, if a student would invest time in, in the game engine, and then uh, at the end, lots of stuff had to be redone. If uh, anyway, yeah. If we uh, somehow recode the game engine or integrate it differently with Blender, so. Yeah. It's a bit difficult with the game engine. Um, yeah, I know Don said that this year, uh, since last year we got rejected, partially because uh, the ideas, some of them were a bit unclear, and some of them also were really hard, like uh, hard for new developers to get into. So um, this year the approach was to get, have a bit more variety of hard yeah, and I think, easy tasks. I think we did a reasonably job there this year compared to last year, yeah, last year at least. Um, yeah, I think Google really looks at the ideas page, um, not so much on how successful the other Google Summer of Code projects were. So I think the ideas page is important. And yeah, and it's full of ideas, of course. Right. And some of them are really great. Like for motion tracking, there are three of them, um, like multi-camera reconstruction, lens distortion. For cycles, <laughs> there is the denoiser in the list. Mm. Like looking at it. Yes. Nice. This doesn't mean it's already implemented. No, <laughs> no, no, no. it's not committed yet. <laughs> right. um, no, there are a few. It's just an idea. Few <laughs> ideas, yeah. But um, imagine if that I mean, we, yeah. we could it's get cool, that yeah. would be amazing. It's just a blur pass, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just make everything blurry and it's, yeah. it's done. Gaussian done. Yeah. <laughs> Fast Gaussian. Eek. Twenty <laughs> percent. No. There is some also some other memory optimizations there for cycles, standalone improvements. Uh, network rendering improvements, open subdiv support, which is sort of in the way already. So that's cool. And then FSA, wow, full sample anti-aliasing support. That's Anything awesome. regarding motion pass? Uh, well, let me no. go through it. There's painting, VVH accelerating, wait and Pretty much at paint. the bottom of the page. Oh, that would be amazing. It's Ptex uh, at the unconfirmed section. Well, okay. my, my hopes and dreams are at the footnote. <laughs> <laughs> it's wow. on the bottom. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Some of the ideas look Management like very B. optimistic, like Ptex. Yeah. Um, Cycles version two. <clears throat> is it a version number for cycle? No, but just like a complete rewrite, which is twenty percent better. You know, Blender three point oh. GPU <laughs> rendering. Um, How many no. mentors are there this year? Yeah. Like. 98% of the of the possible mentors is Sergey. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, some Campbell to um sequencer real time playback. Oh my god, really. Oh wow. Well. <laughs> that's well, that's th that would be amazing. Just a bunch of optimizations that had to be done for this. Um 
Yeah, which actually, but if Sergey was here, he would say, "Oh, it's each chess chess." <laughs> Just, because yeah. right now we are computing hundred uh, percent of the whole uh, right. of the whole sequence always, and that we could have some sort of automatic. But I think uh, the issue there is that uh, the data management is kind of crappy there. Um, yeah, it's pretty old code. It's, Never has been really rewritten. So, um, why would you use God? So yeah, that's I guess the issue with that. So, uh, if a student wanted to apply for this, he had to be a bit um, familiar with yeah. data management and multitask stuff. And totally. Yeah, one of the one of the ideas that I really like is a package manager. Uh, manager for add-ons and other resources yeah, right. that would be awesome so i think that has been requ requested since three four five years already yeah. Yeah. request is a bad <laughs> word <laughs> since, <laughs> basically since the moment we have add-ons i think there yeah. has been a um the yeah we want to have them automatic update or mm -hmm. not auto but at least let us know and without having to reinstall all the time there's some sculpting tools too, uh, redesign uh, font objects. There you go, animation. Yeah, it's actually at the bottom of the oh, page. No. <laughs> oh no, sorry um, <laughs> Improve motion pads. And Hjelti, you're set as artist stakeholder. Oh no. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, Do you know that? have responsibilities? Students? Yes, you have. <laughs> okay, and that's fine. Difficulty hard. Oh yeah, yep. it's true, it's true. But working with Yelty or yeah, that's, that's <laughs> the problem. Yeah, difficulty hard. <laughs> it's not good enough. <laughs> Requirements: chocomel and yeah. <laughs> cookies. Uh, cookies yeah, cookies and chocolate milk. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but no, the, yeah, that would be great. Uh, too bad that it's in the unconfirmed ideas, but it's there. Yeah, it's there. Totally. But I think I really the unconfirmed ideas are pretty much confirmed now. We talked about them a bit, so I think they could just be moved up in the list to the confirmed ideas. It also kind of depends on the students who apply for them and stuff like that. So I guess yeah. but they're not overreaching their own capabilities. But Blender Coders has been quite active with students, at least like a couple per day who log yeah, in right. and ask, well, uh, where can I apply for whatever? And I'm interested yeah. in this really specific thing. 90% uh, yeah. apply for the same stuff. That's, that's a bit wrong. The cycle stuff. Hmm. Yeah. The denoiser. Everybody wants to do the denoiser. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> 16 different denoisers now. It's amazing. <laughs> All different kind of blurs. Yeah. I'm just kidding. But um, I think we are currently trying a bit to uh, to make it a bit easier for new developers to get into Blender coding. Um, Campbell has been setting up a page. He set it up some years ago already, but uh, we moved it to a better place now, to a more official place. Um, there's also the file structure documentation page uh, was updated. Um, yeah, I think we, we could still do some video tutorials with some tricks for development. Um, Maybe an updated page of which compilers are supported, because I'm really, really yeah, frustrated by every people right. asking, well, can I use this very specific compiler? Yeah, it's, hmm. yeah, this kind of technical stuff needs to be documented better, like the building page. Um, I yeah. think the building page for Windows is still kind of crappy. Uh, the Linux page is pretty good because Campbell keeps updating it and we've, been, uh, we've worked over it just a few weeks ago. So, but yeah, we need to improve our documentation in many means. Yeah, but the backtracker is doing okay, right? Yeah. So far? Yeah. Um, 
think we've got like 100, 120 bucks open currently, and that's pretty stable. That's even pretty high for uh, current for current uh, um, situation. So it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, we've been we've been under 100 even. Even Ooh. a couple wow. of months ago, though. Yeah, but we are in RC one, so it's it's the time where uh, actually most of the people are checking four bucks and on a stable blender. So one twenty sounds good. So yeah, if you haven't downloaded Blender two seventy seven, mm. where are we right. now? Two seventy seven RC one. RC one, yeah. yes, go and get it. It's on the front page of Blender.org. Search for all the bugs. Find them. Find them. Report. <laughs> go them. now. No, listen to the podcast first, and then you can yeah. go find the bugs. And preferably fix them uh, before uh, submitting a bug. That would yeah. be nice. And then <laughs> join the cloud, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Um, so yeah, that's for summer of code. Uh, uh, Julian, do you want to mention a little bit of the, what are you going to be at two um, weeks, couple of weeks? I didn't uh, submit my proposal yet, but. Uh, I've talked to Ton, and the idea that I'm thinking about is doing a properties sheet or a data spreadsheet like uh, Udini has it. And I think uh, Presto, the animation software from Pixar, uh, uses this a lot. Um, so you basically have a new editor type with uh, where you can basically display all the data you want in a table. Um, so for Rick, you could display even drivers there. I think it could be a good idea for uh, re-evaluating the driver workflow thing. Yeah, um, yeah, drivers are kind of fun. Right. But wouldn't this make more sense in the like uh, making the outline, the outliner yeah. better? Yeah, I, I, um, this is the same idea I had, but Ton said it's the outliner is more about scene data, and we want to have a really uh, an editor that allows custom data. So mm -hmm. maybe at least I will start from scratch. Or well, actually, uh, Lucas Turner already did th did some prototyping on it, which is already pretty cool. Um, so yeah, he also added uh, a new editor. But maybe we'll merge it with the outliner. So it's basically like a generic property editor right. for everything exactly. that should have properties. Right. And you can make your own properties and order them just like you want to move them into groups or so that's th that's the idea that I the, the ideas I have in mind currently yeah. so maybe uh, finish up the copy and pasting of all <laughs> objects since that doesn't yeah. work in all things Wait. yet like the copy to select it like if you have a, a certain oh, property yeah, of yeah. an object and you select the other object yeah copy, that's that works for like 60% of oh, yeah. the yeah, materials aren't supported. Well, materials is kind of a yeah, corner case, special. I think. Yeah. Um, now it's nowadays. Same with, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, well, but I think that's kind of out of scope of this. Mm. Yeah. But like a generic property editor is pretty good because, yeah, yeah. normally you use the outliner for that and that's right. not ideal right. at all. Yeah. Cool. yeah, I hope it will be, it will help. Nice. So, you're gonna make a proposal and then post it on code.blender.org or something? Yeah, I think I will just put it on my uh, wiki user page um, and then just submit it. And I guess it will the accepted proposals will be announced and so you'll hear about it. Cool. Awesome. Great. I think we're 
Yeah, should we yes. move on to questions? Yes, we can already move to the questions so we don't make it too long because there are actually many. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for uh, yeah. um, for posting this. Um, the, mm, the first one is by Eero Mode. There is a quite kind of a long question because it brings up the topic of the manual, the online Blender manual, and the amount of work that it takes to actually edit the manual and to submit patches and stuff. We are aware of that. And for now, the idea is that maybe some, um, like, not confirmed uh, content, but pre, uh, like a pre-status of this uh, documentation can go to the wiki, wiki, which needs an update. The, the update of the week of the week is planned, right? right. Yeah, so uh, just to say some things about it. So um, there was a discussion about what to do with the wiki because it's uh, it's there's lots of outdated stuff there. The navigation is horrible and it's pretty hard to find the things you're searching for. Yeah. Um, so the manual itself, I mean, the result of the manual project is pretty good, I think. Uh, the manual is looking pretty good now. But um, yeah, it's it's a bit difficult to get into the manual editing because you need to do some setup and compile the manual locally on your machine. And then you uh, need to commit the changes to our SVN yeah, repository. and. That's that's a bit tiresome, but to be honest, I personally think it's not that difficult. I, I counted, uh, I, I quickly checked what you need to do to set it up, and it's like copy and pasting five comments and uh, uh, five code lines, and that's basically it. But yeah, of course, we should make it as easy as, as possible. Easy as possible. So. There is a page that, uh, dedicated for that in the manual itself to get involved and to contribute to the manual. So uh, yeah, your mode go there, check those uh, those commands. If it's if if it's too hard or it's hard to understand, uh, feel free to mail to the mailing list, uh, the documentation mailing list, because we try to make this as easy as possible. But um, yeah. and it is easier than it looks, at least in my opinion. So <laughs> well, you're a developer, so maybe right, it's it, uh, well. A lot of documenters are encoders, so that's something <laughs> right. that's a bit <laughs> difficult. But yeah. don't be. Scared because it's uh, one line. It's like a terminal is your best friend, actually. You can so. usually copy-paste that. It depends right. on the operating system, I guess, you have. But it should be easy. I think easy, actually so. almost no uh, dependencies for the manual. Oh, even. Cool. So, yeah. If uh, yeah, go to the manual, there's a get involved or, or contribute the page there with the settings. And then if you can't um, can find a way to, to do it, just get in touch with the mailing list for that. Everybody should help there. <laughs> um, so, the second question, 3.edit. It's also kind of long. Let's see. Will animation tools in Blender get more user-friendly? Will the interface redesign assist in this with on-screen bone interactions, etc.? Oh, that happens to be... What uh, is on-screen? Mm, yes. What do you define as on-screen monitor actions like... The selection picker where you on screen bone interactions like you select I guess it's uh, the the face groups uh, concept oh, yeah, the widget right, right, concept yeah, that yeah. you you click on yeah. directly on the mesh instead of selecting a bone um, would that ever happen no no <laughs> <laughs> no just kidding um, yeah I mean I'm working on that and it's um, 
I think I will use the second week to polish this stuff. The second week I'm here at the Institute. Um, yeah, and I should probably work closely together with Yalti then. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> oh, I didn't Hello. see you there. Hi, hey. <laughs> didn't yeah. see you there. Hey, you seen the WhatsApp, the, the weekly. The weekly. Almost at the same desk, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, this stuff will definitely definitely come. Um, also, uh, Joshua Luang, I think is his last name. Um, Categories, yes. Yeah, mm. right. Uh, he worked on something similar, so which is... Um, uh, post sculpting, um, which is also pretty interesting, I guess. Uh, maybe we should look into combining those two approaches a bit, but um, not sure. Yeah, how that could look. It's it's tricky though because um, if you look at Presto, I mean, we I I got a I got a, a like a mini demo of that at SIGGRAPH last time, and it is you can tell that it is just fundamentally doing things so differently. Right. And not only that, it has these. I mean, I'm I'm looking at a finished product, of course. So in my mind, I'm trying right. to kind of right. retroactively decipher how the hell did they do this and that and all that stuff. So as there, as I'm able to move the cheeks and all that stuff, it's um, it looks like you can have these curvature values on like so if you. I mean, it's not they call it something else. They didn't even call it a bone or whatever, but. Uh, in a, uh, so moving a section and then that section only moves in a certain curvature. I think, but, but that yeah, would mean that the rigger also needs to, like, yeah. be able to do that curvature. So it's like it's it's more, it, it relies more heavily on the rigger side of, of making that. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty much uh, just uh, manipulating a property. So mm. you can just define a custom property and. Uh, Using some maths formula like yeah. uh, some exponential uh, growing stuff to do this kind of curvatures and whatever. Um, so I think that that would be easily possible with Blender even. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> so it's basically like a tweak um, gesture that you do on top of the mesh and then your right. driver setting right. a custom problem. Exactly. Yeah, it's basically drivers. Mm. So yeah. Um, yeah. Ah, yeah. I wonder for, for rigging, how would it work? So zero-based rigging. <laughs> oh. So, so for example, if let's say I have the cheek, but the cheek consists of different areas. So would I make a bone group? Like this is hypothetical, of course. But would I maybe make a bone group that designates some polygons or vertices or whatever? And then that becomes my, my kind of thing to grab and start moving. Like, would you use something like bone groups to designate the areas in which you can grab things? Um, we use, for the widgets, we use uh, face groups. Yeah. So, um, basically, you just go into edit mode, select a bunch Did of I faces. Did I say bone groups? Yep. Well, okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. 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 Um, that was a slip up. Sorry. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you go into edit mode, select a bunch of faces, and then say, this is a face, ma uh, face map. Currently, they're called face map. Uh, I think in future, they be called face groups. Yeah. Um, and then you can just assign this face group to, the, to a bone. Mm -hmm. And then each time you select the face map and, and start manipulating it, you start basically manipulating the bone. Okay, cool. And the next step would then be uh, making this work for properties custom properties although i think can't you even uh, manipulate properties or drivers with bones um i mean 
by using a driver on top of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So it's of course kind of pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that can have a keyframe can be basically animated that way, right? Yeah, um, there's certain exceptions. But that's just because they were never implemented, implemented in that yeah. way. Yeah, so exactly. technically, but it should. should yeah, yeah. In, in general, in 90% of the time, if you can animate it, you can usually put a driver there and do whatever you want. Put which a is, ring on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is great until you hit upon a dependency error. And then all of a sudden, no, And then you lacking. try a new dependency graph. Yeah, and then exactly. you report it. Yeah. There's a nice Russian scientist for this. Great, <laughs> great doctor working on this. Ah, yeah, yeah. We got all our best doctors on it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> working around the clock. Yeah. Different time zones. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's the answer. Then another question by Three Point Edit too, um, as well. There is um, there seems to be more and more professionals, post houses, and three D imaging businesses using Blender and Cycles these days. Yes, that's true. Is there any way to encourage them to contribute more to the development of Blender? Uh, are there any contributions that we don't hear about? And Yes, actually, there it's pretty the the way that Blender development happens. There is another comment too that mentions Patreon that some people use. Mm. We have something similar, which is the development fund. This uh, development fund is basically an account that uh, is public. It's in Blender.org if you Google for it, and you can sign to it. You can subscribe. You get a um, you're a part of this. You have like a membership. It's a monthly contribution that you can have. From five euro to ten twenty five, all the way up to two fifty. And if you want to, if you want your company to be to show, hey, I'm contributing, you can. Uh, it's optional, but you can also put your name on it uh, on the list of contributors of the nice. of the development fund. There are many popular people like Blend for Web is a diamond sponsor, Sketch Five, CG Cookie, uh, the Chaos Group, even from V-Ray. Um, I probably misunderstood the question a little bit, but I I thought it was that um, so you have all these different studios and they have, for example, hired their own little developer oh, and no. using Blender. And then how do you incentivize them to contribute back, back? to Blender? Yeah. Ah, no, I thought also it like was... code and patches and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, right, that's yeah. actually also a pretty interesting uh, question. So um, I know that there are a couple of studios that have technical artists or uh, even developers. Um, but usually they just code for their in-house usage of Blender. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they feel like giving something back, just send us patches, we'll review them, we'll be nice to you. Yeah. And um, then uh, you can just contribute back and get involved somehow. Yeah, definitely. It's not only about money, by the way. No, it's not only yeah. about money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes Definitely we prefer nuts. code over money. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, well, but money helps so though convinced. because that way is how we we can pay the especially developers that are not at the Blender Institute, um, because then they also ask about how I have no idea how the Blender Institute gets funded, but if there was a Patreon or Kickstarter to feed the developers, I will contribute. Well, the Blender Institute now it's uh, paid by the Blender Cloud, so all the content that we do. It's uh, for the Blender Cloud, and all your subscribers are uh, getting the Blender Institute going. And that is us artists making the content, but also developers that are working here at the Institute and improving Blender. Anton, who's managing the whole thing. Anton, who is uh, working seven days a week, <laughs> replying <laughs> emails and, and getting uh, networking with everybody and getting Doing more people stuff. on board. 
Yes. Yeah. But okay, um, occasionally also like companies dropping by saying, well, we kind of need, need these features in Blender and just pay for a developer basically those stuff happen occasionally as well yeah so, that that yeah. that happens there are many features in blender that were in, uh, implemented by companies or by individual uh, freelancers or little studios that uh, code a feature and then they manage to get it on for example that a mesh cache modifier um, also came out of nowhere because it was needed by um, i think it was pebbleland in the the studio made a like they needed something like that, and then uh, they got somebody to make like a mock-up for it, and then it managed to go. That came from Pepelet? I didn't. Know I no, no, no. He's not like from the. They hire a developer to make a, a proof of concept. Yeah, but that that was because of. Yeah, Pepelet. yeah, because they needed oh. mesh cache, and then there are even some uh, some tests on Vimeo wow. of the very first uh, cool. versions of it. I didn't cool. know, hmm. and that that is pretty cool. Like many other little tools that you don't know where they come from. Usually, they they come from. From there, yeah, some and game studios here and there, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, Valve uh, has been contributing for a while already, so Epic as well, right? Yeah, yeah. but uh, just yeah, with with money uh, mainly. And actually, wow, thank you. The the person that was actually saying that that was asking Eromod, now I see him on on the list of Titanium sponsors, so he's contributing. Wow, hey, thank you very much. Amazing. That worked pretty fast. <laughs> so yeah, this this page of the development fund gets updated constantly, and then um, now right there, right now there are 318 members contributing uh, a little over 4,700 euros, which gets split, and then there is a, the grants uh, they get split on for every month, every few months to developers to work in any, in specific uh, stuff. And that's all pretty much transparent. I mean, you can really see. How it gets split up, right? Yeah, there, there is like okay, February, March is Lucas Tone is going to work on the everything note, a proposal for everything notes in Blender, yeah. which is pretty cool. But many of the things, for example, during January and December was for uh, Campbell, mm. which we all know he, he he does everything in Blender. So please let's keep feeding him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Bastian also that he not only does back fixing but also many of the. Uh, UI stuff, FBX, 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 which even is some a, viewport stuff. I think he does all kinds of things. So you ask him anything, and he he finds a way. He he's been here at the institute a few times, and it's great to have him around. So yeah, that's the development fund. Uh, there is all kinds of uh, of people. If you see the list, there is nice familiar people uh, there. So thank you guys. Thank you. Yes, and so that's it for that question. And the next one, also 3.8. Wait, no. 3.8? I think you're skipping 3. a couple versions. 3.8. <laughs> uh, now it's the third question. And is what is the schedule of Blender and the Institute looking for the rest of the year? Are there plans for more shorts? Has the cloud been successful at maintaining or improving a consistent output and development cycle? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we're going to announce something along these lines. About right. yeah, about the future. About the, the future, right? For yeah. yeah, about the future. We're gonna yeah <laughs> talk about we're the future. Build the future. Um, yeah, it. there are there are plans for this year. There are short uh, plans that we're we're um, we're we're working on right now, but um, we need to formalize everything, and then yeah, exactly. Uh, Ton will make an announcement pretty soon, I think. Yeah. yeah, something that will never stop is tutorials and content for the cloud that we will continue doing. We. We, we keep working on that and Blender development, it's 
going strong right now. Uh, Sergey uh, went back to Russia for a couple of weeks and uh, is coming back. He has a permit now to work yeah, here yeah, officially. He's so such. He's moving. Well, <laughs> not kind of, kind of, kind yeah, of. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's moving here uh, like permanently yeah. to the Blender Institute. So imagine having. Sergey here with, um, with with all this project that we were working on, especially improvements on cycles for uh, for hair, and that that is like a big one that we really want. And once he's here, we can test it and go back and forth with the development cycle and getting improved. So, what are are there plans for more shorts? Always, always. Yeah. Too many, too many plans, I guess. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't think uh, nothing cemented. Um, no, there's the nothing like like we're okay. We're gonna work this day, but yeah. um, we have ideas. We have uh, we want to make more stuff, of course, more more shorts. We were pretty exhausted after Lamigos. Yeah. but it's also I mean I mean it's it's funny too because when you're making a movie, at some point, like you you're starting out, and it's this incredible. Like everything is amazing. It's yeah. so much fun. And then after a while, it just becomes work and you do it every day. You don't yeah. mind doing it because that's what you want to do. Yeah. But still, like you're 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 looking forward to this time where there is silence yeah. without any movies. Yeah. Where you just where you can focus on what you want and you take can take your time. Like making tutorials. Like I I I had a constantly growing list. Of, of ideas of tutorials that I wanted to do during uh, the uh, Cosmos Laundromat uh, production and Caminandas and Glass Half. And they just pile up and you, you never have time to do anything. And that's the time we're in right now. We can do anything. everything we <laughs> everything want. Everything and anything. That was the uh, you ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But it was a really big pile of a lot of movies in a short while. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. It should have been really exhausting. Yeah, it was very, it was a full year. And then glass half like a month after, and then. But it was amazing to see that from uh, from the outside. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody said, like, "Well, all those movies, right. I can't hold all this." Suddenly, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like ping, there were all those movies. To, what? to be honest, in in kind of retrospect, I think glass half um, got a bit bigger than it perhaps should have been. Oops. I mean, I mean, yeah, like that happens a lot of times <laughs> with short films, uh, but also it it just came on the heels of of Gooseberry. And we were already so exhausted from that experience of just like constant deadlines and panic and all that stuff. So we were a bit burned out by the time we were like, yeah, diving into a new one. Uh, and I got, I think at the end of Lamigos, I was getting kind of burned out. Yeah, well, Lamigos was special too, because after Glass Half, we, were, we said, okay, that was November and we wanted yeah. to have a... Christmas release. Yeah. So that's that's already starting with a like wrong. Like no, just, just don't. Yeah. Um, we made Grand Dilemma in like two full production weeks plus two more weeks of like tweaking stuff online uh, from our. Yeah, home. I would say there's uh, there was at least two and a half weeks of full production because I extended. Ah, yeah, yeah. I extended my stay here for at okay. least three days. Two and a half. Well, I mean three, then, four more days. And then really when I make. got back to Iceland there were I think three big shots that we did never finish yeah so that and those took I mean 
a few yeah, days. A, a few days or a week or a, still, I mean, yeah. it was less than a month. Yeah, for it, was, sure. it was pretty incredibly fast. <laughs> so Tom's, uh, in Tom's mind, oh, if they made a Grand uh, Dilemma in, uh, two, in less than a month, now we have one and a half months. So yeah. easy peasy. <laughs> yeah, and we thought, oh, yeah, we have yeah. so much time. We got convinced with this reality yeah. distortion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we can do it. And yeah, the whole always look on the bright side of life. If you do that <laughs> constantly forever, you're going to get just, it's a life of disappointment because you can never keep up. We did give 160%. Let's do that again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. But on, on the upside right now, um, I mean, we're making all the stuff and there's uh, a bunch of things coming up. Um, but uh, after a while, we will get bored and then we'll uh, try to make movies again. <laughs> we'll yeah, go back to it. Like, exactly. I, I don't think it's going to happen like next month or the month after, yeah, maybe, but maybe for the summer or after the summer before the Blender conference, maybe there is, I, I bet we'll, we'll go back to like, yeah. it's boring. After, after, a, sucks. after a while, there's <laughs> like a renewed energy and somebody has an incredible idea. Guys, I know what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. Yeah, Caminandes, we have plenty of ideas, uh, new characters that we want to make, but also outside of Caminandes, there are also plans. Yeah, uh, I think I think there's no shortage of ideas. No, but <laughs> there never but, is. Yeah, there never is. But at the same time, ideas yeah. are so worthless in and of themselves. They need to be kind of fermented and developed and all mm -hmm. that stuff. And that's the thing that takes a lot of time, uh, takes a lot of work. That's usually the stuff that gets kind of overlooked, is that you may, ha you may have an idea or a couple of ideas, and then you have to take a month on refining them, uh, getting them to like a story reel. And then you see that half of the jokes aren't funny. <laughs> and then if you take them out, the story crumbles anyway. <laughs> so you maybe cherry pick the moments you want to have. And then you have to restructure the entire thing. Which color did we paint the bike shed, by the way? The what? what? What color did we paint the bike shed, by the way? Talking about a lot of ideas for movies. Yes. You yes. know, concept of bike shedding. I have no idea what that no, is. No, it's basically the concept. Bike shedding. Yeah, it's it's, it's bike. No, not bike. <laughs> bike shedding. Okay. It's, it's like a concept of people in the group, yeah. and they're there. They have a meeting, and there are like a couple of really difficult things, and like one guy talks. But after a while, they they build a new bike shed, and they need to pick a color for the bike shed. Um. And now everybody and their mother has an opinion about what yeah. color the bike shed yeah. should be. So I think it's basically <laughs> the same with movie ideas. Yeah. Like everybody has a movie idea. I have like twelve. They're all all horrible but yeah <laughs> yeah i think with, with the team here we are uh we're pretty honest to each other and yeah. so when when there are these ideas we we try to be candid yeah, really candid yeah. and, and also and not Catwoman will say not get what you call it married to the idea like that's yeah, my little baby exactly, that little yeah. idea it's my magnum opus <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but if 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 the if if the final product is the main focus then it should be totally uh, like trivial who came up with the idea and not only that it and i think it kind of happened during amigos is that we had so much back and forth in development that some the origins of some of the ideas got lost yeah because they just got uh re-implemented or re-changed or some changed. of them were yeah. taking the storyboard and then we added them halfway yeah exactly so yeah they're ideas and uh, we hope to work on them Yep. somewhere this year in the vague future vague so, future but for the time being we have um tutorials to make and documentation yeah. and and yeah 
just leave your ideas below. <laughs> okay, next question. Yes, pick up the speed. Let's yes, do it. Yes, yeah, let's just do it. Uh, Will Flam, uh, well, there's a question about saying... Oh, uh, uh, I called Francesco to answer this question specifically. It's about the flamenco? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, what, what's the question? question? Yeah. But I think I can answer. It says the, um, well, because I mentioned in the past uh, podcast that I would work on a uh, workflow sharing files, like the way we, we used to, the way we make movies. And he said, yeah, it's pretty exciting because he's about to start a new project, which is great. We can help with that. And will Flamenco eventually turn into a tool for this, for sharing files, or is it going to be a solely a uh, render manager? What did he say? He said with an Italian accent, no, that is what the cloud is meant for. So Flamenco is a render manager and it will stay that way and it's meant for that. But uh, the Blender cloud eventually will hopefully turn into the sharing platform in which people can cooperate and make their own short film for whatever it is. Uh, however, that implementation will... It's probably at least two months until that you start to see mm -hmm. some of those results. So yes. if you're working on a project right now, <laughs> hold off. No. Hold on. <laughs> yes, stop everything. No. Don't render a thing until two no. months from now. Yeah, yeah. No, the, the ultimate idea of the cloud is that it's our production platform. Yeah. So exactly. our, I mean, as in all of us, as in the world. <laughs> the uh, Flamenco is one of the tools that will be hooked up to the cloud for rendering. Um, so hopefully that, I mean, that that's, we want that is our wish. Yeah, exactly. So it can't put a date on it, but yes, the flamenco is the render part. And for what you are describing, I think is attract is uh, the shot manager and the asset manager that we use during Cosmos laundromat and that we wanted to use during uh, Caminandes, but uh, the cloud was getting uh, rewritten almost yeah. at the same time, so we couldn't. But it's on our uh, high on our priority list to hook up uh, Attract, so shot management and the cloud for content management and Flamenco for rendering this content. Mm -hmm. So yeah, ideally you could do everything on the cloud with this, uh, this account. All right, next up. Next, um, this is, um, how do you guys handle your color pipeline? Do you stick to regular sRGB color space for displaying color? Andy. Yeah. Short yeah. answer, yes, we use sRGB for yes. almost everything because that's our monitors. We have a huge array of really crappy monitors and some good monitors. Yeah. And uh, that is true for the rest of the world as well. Um, of course, uh, in some occasions where in calibrated cinemas, you have the perfect... Uh, viewing experience and yeah. uh, for those in those cases the, the 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 color management has to be absolutely correct but for what we do publishing a lot of short movies on the internet we just um, our best guess is to just uh, try and uh, test it on as many screens as possible and as crappy as possible too yeah <laughs> the best test you can do is just Put your movie on a phone, on a crappy phone, and, and, and I don't know, a hundred bucks, <laughs> and test it there, test it on a tablet, test it on, because people are going to see it there. Mm -hmm. They're not going to get a very expensive ISO screen yeah. uh, to watch it. Of course, it has to look nice there, but 
Um, yeah, if it looks bad there, then you're in trouble. Yeah, you're in trouble. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. just try to look it on on the worst on TVs and all the on laptops with the screen, you know, the wrong angle, <laughs> just just to get it yeah. looking okay. I found that uh, with the experience over the years, um, most of the, I mean, it's it's really amazing all the color theory and the management of uh, displays. And honestly, I'm not smart enough to understand half nope. of it we need try maybe the, yeah maybe two percent of this i i can grasp sort of but uh yeah if you're like me <laughs> stupid then uh, <laughs> then just looking at the um at many displays uh as possible is the best way to go yeah i've been uh, on my take on caminandes on the color grading of caminandes was to start grading a few weeks before the, the the deadline, and to see if anybody would say anything, we would start like <laughs> they they mentioned something wrong about that. Nope. Okay, so it's, it looks okay. So I've been doing that, and since every time I export the movie, we watch it on the TV and we watch it on a screen, and everybody watches it on on their screens, the computer screens. I that was the best way to test it. So I just. Keep exporting a couple of weeks before yeah, no with these little changes. <laughs> yeah. No complaints. All right. It's a green <laughs> light. And that was my take. But yeah, basically we're using that. We're using film um, for, for Caminandes, Amigos, we used film. Um, the film emulation. Emulation, yes. But uh, that's just a, a top on, a process on, on top, top of, of the, it, yeah. the SRGB. SRGB. But it yeah. helps. Yeah, you can open the, the files and check out our settings. They're pretty basic, but just yeah. a film and some exposure tweaks and and also we don't have the highest budget so we cannot really afford the craziest color corrected screens in the world yeah but even then if we had that uh, i wouldn't really mind i would rather have a nice screen that has wibbles you know and moves and mm. yeah. because those really high-end ones are big and bulky and it is pretty amazing though like for color grading uh, my stop motion film omega i uh, i color graded it on a mystica system which was attached to a 12-bit sony uh, <laughs> hdr display Damn. and that was amazing to watch actually like you don't see of course you don't see any color banding you can do all the color uh editing on the fly but then of course when i outputted the movie in perfect format everything yeah. uh, uh, uh converted to uh, uh, a dig digital cinema package everything 12-bit dpx oh. everything the, by the time we displayed it in festivals it looked bad <laughs> <laughs> of course well i mean the, because every festival has their own screen set up yeah, and yeah. they're the guy behind the projectors not no offense really uh, uh who has their own idea of how it should look like and then the sound is only mono and all these things. So um, <laughs> it's like, in, in th that's what I meant. Like you, you can just get it like okay to work everywhere. And then like it's getting, it's, getting it to the, the last 2% is yeah. probably not worth it. But <laughs> you can you feel free to dump me in the canal for that. <laughs> <laughs> like we had, we had the, uh, I, I saw... You know that that thing you're talking about the inconsistencies regarding all these different projectors and all that yeah. stuff because we we kind of toured a little bit in LA and San Francisco showing uh, Cosmos Laundromat. Oh yeah, Pixar and, was different. Yeah, Pixar's uh, DreamWorks. DreamWorks were there were two yeah. different projection rooms and and that one of them wasn't working functionally all the way with the light. No, with the sound, the sound didn't pop up, yeah. pop in. So we ended up going to another one. 
And we love you still, Dreamworks. <laughs> Your guys are so cool. You're amazing. Uh, yeah. But check out but, the screens. Yeah. <laughs> fix, so fix, fix your stuff. <laughs> went to another screening room and that projector would blow out um, yeah, but all the bright spots. To be fair, this was the animation uh, team. Like yeah, the, the, yeah. the screen, like a projector for the animators. Yeah. They don't care about color and stuff. Mm -hmm. I yeah. bet the lighting artists have... Yeah, the of course. Difference. They have to be in the dungeon yeah. with uh, all yeah, the Yeah, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> that, that's what I like. Animators have these cool places, like, workplace, and the lighting. I like lighting. I want to be a lighter. Yeah. But I don't know if I want to be it's anymore. A bit depressing. Yeah, I have <laughs> to, to be, be in the, the room dark. with the dark wallpaper. Yeah. That's horrible. But like, even even Google, they had a different. I, I could see. Ah, the yeah, yeah, the Google there. one. Yeah, but that's for Hangouts. That's yeah. why. So <laughs> it needs to be set up for so many variables. Yeah. yeah, it's all completely different. I I like red. That's my take on it. Yeah. All the color stuff. I like red. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it features a little bit of red, you're fine. <laughs> At yeah. least a bit of red. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next and last question. Yes. Uh, I think this will be a short one. Great. Healthy. What's oh. the workflow in animating with Quaternions? Oh no. Okay. Uh, so I, I I wish that we would have Nathan, for example, here because Back he. Though? Yeah. Exactly. Because he has. He has so much experience with Quinternion, and uh, we could have like a more of a back and forth. Nobody here around me is a is a prominent advocate of, of Quinternion, and I I'm too nope. dumb for it. Well, I know I, I know well, I, I like Quinternion in code, but that's yeah, that's, that's the different. thing. And I, yeah. I do realize that uh, that even though you have it set to Euler behind the scenes, the code is Quinternion, which is fine. I mean that's not the the thing, but the thing is that. Um, this is, has more to do with the human interface of yeah. working with it. And it's more reasonable for your brain to comprehend these three variables, which in a 2000 bone rig, you know, like you're already maxed out <laughs> a lot of the times and adding this one extra variable on top of that, that um, changes in such a way that all of a sudden you have to be tweaking three uh, channels instead of one or whatever. Uh, it kind of depends on the situation, but I personally switch everything to uh, to Euler. X Y Z. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Depending on the situation, but yeah, like ninety nine percent of the time, that's what I switch. Yeah, it so to. that that's the workflow we we use. So for people yeah. that don't know what quaternions is, is the rotation type for bones. Yeah, exactly. And if you have any kind of a gimbal rotation problem, if I encounter a yeah. gimbal rotation problem, uh, I usually just push through it, meaning that I already worked in blocking so i already have the pose i need so i just go on the uh, maybe I, it's like every eight frames or whatever have been blocked so i go to every fourth frame and i block that and by the time i spline it and i see these euler problems these these kind of gimbal lock problems uh it's only a couple of frames in between and i might as well just go through those uh five frames six frames or whatever it is and just frame by frame that rotation because in that case, I can I can make an arc out of the hand either way so, from so, the so camera's you, perspective. So you manually uh, correct all all, uh, all uh, gimbal lock problems. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Because <laughs> it's it's gonna be handled by me anyway, frame uh, by frame, frame from the camera's perspective. It's usually the upper arm that's usually the problem. Uh, yeah. In I would say most cases, that's that's where the main issue is. So, so for for beginners who. Um, who, who learned, well, Quaternion is always better because it's a 4D-dimensional rotation, yeah. which helped avoiding this. What is your primary reason not to use Quaternion by default? Is it just readability? It's, it's readability. It's, it's for your own 
peace of mind, <laughs> I would say. You have one less curve to worry yeah, about. Yeah. One less curve to worry about. And if you've tried to, um, uh, you know, you're animating a scene and in your mind, if you go to the channels and you just need to tweak that one thing, you get this visual cue of X, Y, and Z. Okay, so you get that visual cue and you can kind of decipher it a bit by seeing that, oh, that snappy curve there, that must be that thing in that axis. But with Quinturnian, you have four variables and because that one changed, now the other three have shifted. So what you're looking at isn't a fair representation necessarily of a one-to-one -one relationship with your mind. Yeah, Quaternion was never meant to be like a human readable form. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a mathematical formula. It's, exactly. it's never meant to be like uh, tweaked manually. So yeah. you also never mix uh, Quaternion and Euler in the same rig. I, I have done it just by just because I forgot to change it to Euler. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 it's, but it's not a workflow you would say, well, uh, you can definitely do that. Well, I mean, the the thing is, if it's something super super simple, uh, you know, I could to I could use Quinturnian, but then why why would I bother? You know, that's the mm -hmm. question. Just because, change uh, it and yeah, animate. but I, I do think that this also has to do with my per particular workflow in like animation and doing things into the camera and all that stuff. I think if it if it has to do with um, I don't know, I think game animation or whatever, where it needs to be this flow that needs to work from every angle and all that stuff. All of a sudden, it becomes more important that you don't just fake those six frames yeah. or whatever frame by frame all of a sudden you go like oh no they, they have to make arcs in every in all the different channels mm. so that was a long question uh, long answer uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. we are way over our time but <laughs> yes. uh, I hope this answered your question Forgotten Fantasies thank you very much that's it for this week leave yes. your questions for the next and see you and as always as always have a nice day. <laughs> okay. Bye. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Blender Institute podcast, brought to you by the Blender Cloud. Getting tired of your own shih tzu? Give your dog a walk on the cloud. Go to the cloud.blender.org.